0: joining me today we've got michael katz good friend of mine covers wild Wy- the wyoming cowboys so it's gonna be fun we're gonna have just a little bit of a back and forth before we get into it though i do have to talk about breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnbr right now you can get a 15 can sampler through davidson's which has two locations One in Highlands Ranch, one in Centennial as well. Super convenient because they'll deliver right to your door. I don't know about Michael, but I hate interacting with liquor store employees. It just makes me feel super uncomfortable. So the idea of getting it delivered to my house, super, super clutch. Pick up some Strawberry Sky, some Avalanche Ale, Hot Peak IPA, all those fun options. Shout out to Breck. Michael, how's it going, my man?
1: That's good, man. Uh, it's not snowing and my, I still have my power. So that's an upgrade from the last few weeks.
0: How has the adjustment to Laramie gone for you? You know, you're a, you're a Cali guy originally. So that's kind of a, a big adjustment.
1: Yeah. Whenever anybody asks me, they're like, Hey, where are you from? And I say California, they just, they kind of chuckle for a second and they're like, okay, how are you doing? <laughs> um, but it's funny. Cause like, you know, I was in Boise before and I thought I was prepared for like this. But like, Boise is more like California than it is like Laramie, like weather wise, like it doesn't really snow that much in Boise and it's not that windy. It's pretty mild for the most part. And then I got here and like my first, I think it was my first week here. It was negative 10 and I was just like, (laughs) oh boy, did I, did I sign the papers? Like, is it too late?
0: (laughs) Oh, and then you have like the classic May and June snowstorms too. I like, so the radio guys I go on
1: with, uh, every Monday, they've been like joking with me. They were like, Hey, just wait till that June snowstorm. I was like, it's not going to happen, man. Like it doesn't snow in June. And then we had it. I think it was like two or three weeks ago and my power was out for 12 hours.
0: Classic, classic not- Me, It's always like the most inconvenient times too. Like whenever I have to drive up to Laramie for a basketball game or something. I'll be following the forecast all week and it'll be like clear for like five days in front of it. And then that morning, it's always like, oh, today there's 85 mile per hour winds. So prepared to get blown into a ditch.
1: I I was running on uh, like Thursday and it was like, it was, it was cloudy, but like it wasn't supposed to rain until like five. Right. I was Uh like, okay, I'm good. It started hailing so hard. I had to like hide in the trees. Oh my god! And I was just like, I was like, is is this how it ends?
0: Like, is this one of the plagues? Like, are
1: locusts the next one?
0: So I don't, I don't want to get you in trouble with your audience here. I, I'll be the bad guy in this regard. Um, I took some heat obviously the other night from from some Pokes fans when I. My theory is that if you're a rural program and you have less threat, of like players going out to nightclubs and, and stuff like that, just because they literally don't exist there maybe that better prepares you for covid-19. A bunch of Cowboys fans took that as me saying like there's literally nothing to do in Wyoming. There's not a lot to do in Wyoming. I get that there are some things to do in Wyoming. What do you think about my theory about Laramie being better than maybe somewhere like Los Angeles?
1: I I think it holds water like in a certain sense like like you look at like LSU, right? And like, clearly they started testing people a little bit after they'd already gotten back and like players had had the opportunity to like go to nightclubs and stuff. And like, that's where a bunch of their positive tests came from. And so if that doesn't exist, then those numbers are probably like way down at LSU. And so I think from that perspective, like, I don't think there's a huge risk of, I mean, there's always ways to get in trouble wherever you are. Like college kids are going to do college things. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I think here one. Yeah. Like there isn't like the, an, the crazy like nightclub life, like there is in Vegas or LA or anything like that. Um, but two, like these, like they, they just like, I, I, I think they would be like perfectly content, like not going like outside again until the football season. Like they just want to play. And so, um, you know, Craig Bull's got a pretty good lockdown on the kids. Um, they're, they're pretty responsible. Um so I I think in that way your theory makes sense but I don't think it's necessarily applicable to the Wyoming situation because they got tested
0: right when they got on campus. That's um, a good point too yeah so I I kind of have to give it like a month to see if it actually ends up holding any weight but it is interesting that you brought up the players just want to play because that's kind of what I've heard from a couple of different beat reporters now the buffs um I've talked to some other mountain west schools and it it just kind of seems like after especially after that LSU incident where we saw like how quickly this thing can just kind of escalate. It seems like players are kind of just policing themselves. Like the schools don't really have to do a whole lot cause they get it. They want to play and, and they know how serious this is.
1: Yeah. And that was, you know, that was one of my big questions and, you know, we're doing our kind of preseason, uh, magazine stuff. So I've been talking to a lot of players over the last few weeks and, um, you know, I, I kind of picked their brains. I was like, you know, you know what happened to LSU. You know what happened to Clemson. Like you see what's happening in Texas and all these big programs that are not having great you know, turnouts in terms of uh, the COVID numbers. And, uh, you know, I asked Bull about it and he was like, well, you know, you know, we can only control them when they're here, um, but we think that they're smart enough to know what's at stake. And so then I asked a couple of players and, you know, Chad Muma, uh, who's going to probably kind of try to take over for Logan Wilson, a linebacker. Um, and he was just like, yeah, man, like we're, if if we see somebody doing something dumb, like we call them out, like we are policing. And I was like, I, you know, I don't think that happens under most situations. Cause I think college kids are usually going to let their friends be college kids, but I just think there's so much at stake right now. And everybody's so, I mean, I, 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 in one way, I think that everything that's happened to Texas and Clemson and, and LSU has opened people's eyes to how like quickly this can happen. Um, and yeah, you know, I know most of the the, the cases at, at Clemson have been fairly mild and blah blah blah, but it's it's not really the point. It's 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 the spread of it that's you know that we're they're trying to contain. Um, you know, I was talking to a friend yesterday and, you know, USC had one positive test come back,
0: which um, is pretty good
1: for, which, you know, which where is that crazy, is. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, it's like, I'm thinking like if USC can do it, you know, Clemson, you can do it too. You just, you have to have everybody buy into it. Um, no.
0: Yeah. It, it's going to take a lot of individual accountability and self-responsibility for all of this to happen. Just logistically. I, I'm not sure if we can expect like every team in the country, you know, just like we said, college kids are going to do dumb things. It only takes a few of them to really mess it up for everybody. Given that, how do you feel about, you know, the, the 2020 season, the future of it in terms of going on, you know, like without a hitch, do you, do you feel like we're going to be able to get a full 12 game season in? I don't know if it'll be a full 12 games. I think there
1: will be, a pretty hefty amount of the season, but I, I think my big thing is with out-of-conference games. Yes, um, definitely. And, you know, in speaking with Wyoming's athletic director a few weeks ago, you know, he kind of brought up the hypothetical, like, you know, Wyoming's playing at Louisiana Lafayette this year. Um, Louisiana is not a great place to be right now. Um, and, you know, they're handling things different than they are here. And so... You know, he said, you know, if a week before the game, like, there's an outbreak, like, we're going to cancel the game. Um, And so there's just so much, like, and Craig Bull, when I talked to him about it, he was like, he's been doing this forever. He's, I think, his 37th, 38th year coaching. And he was like, the only time I can ever remember when the schedule was ever up in the air was 9-11. And that was only for a week because that was, like, a one-time thing. Like, you knew... Obviously, everyone was on edge and everything was postponed for a week. But this has been three months and we still don't know.
0: Oh Man, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even think about it like that. I mean, it is definitely unprecedented territory. No, but.
1: it is. And, you know, I remember it was a huge deal when like the, the Mets played like the Yankees or whatever for the first time. And back in 2001, they came back and played New York for the first time. And they had Bush and, throw and, out he, the first it was a huge deal that. for the country yeah. and stuff. Um, but, you know, ultimately that that was a that was a two week thing that was you knew what you could, that was, it was contained. Like it was a, it was, it was an event. It wasn't a a pandemic. And so uh, he brought that up and that really made me think like, wow, like this really is like, we really don't know. And so, I mean, I I think that I I would be hard pressed to say that the season won't happen
0: because as you know, there's so much money involved in college athletics. That's yeah. That's what I keep coming back to every single day. It's like, if if they don't have football at all, the, the financial ramifications uh, for not just football, but the athletic departments as a whole football is what pays for everything else. Yeah. It would be devastating a lot of, and maybe, you know, maybe you have to do that at some point. I don't know. That's not really a conversation I want to have at this point in, you know, late June, but what a weird time to be alive. No, absolutely. And I, I, yeah, I've been
1: saying that a lot lately, (laughs) but, um, um, Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, sometimes you get overload and you got to log off Twitter for a bit because everything just gets so damn negative.
0: Definitely. Um, And, and because of that, you know, we're not going to make this whole podcast be about, you know, the, oh, the world is ending and COVID-19 because everybody gets it. We're all living it. But I am curious as someone that went to USC, got to experience, you know, big time football growing up, big Reggie Bush fan. I know. Were you surprised at all when you got to Boise, when you got to Laramie to see the type of consistent support that both of those programs have and the, the type of you know, football love? Because you know, the Mountain West, obviously nationally, it doesn't get a lot of respect. I think people pay attention to it probably a little more in California, just given that you have a couple of schools in there. Yeah. But you know, what was your impression of the Mountain West going in? And have you been surprised at all about the support and, and the type of fans that they have?
1: Yeah. I, I think my biggest surprise when I got to Boise and same with Wyoming was the facilities. Um, you know, I, you know, SC when I was there was just getting their new football center. So it like just opened, I think my, my last year. Um, and I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's awesome, obviously. Um, but like, I go into Wyoming's facility and it's like not that different. Like it's, it's all pretty close which i think was the most surprising thing um that the resources were available and that they would want to invest that much and now i know a lot of it comes from the state and and there's uh, other factors and whatnot but i think that was the biggest thing was that the facilities were on par with you know yeah sc's not a national power right now but usually a national <laughs> power um yeah, I mean I, I wasn't surprised about the support because I think that sometimes in those smaller markets you get more support.
0: That makes you know sense, I mean? yeah, because there's just less things to do. You don't exactly, have exactly
1: like in LA like, you know, you could be a UCLA fan, you could be a Clippers fan, you could be a Lakers, you know, there's so much going on. It's kind of
0: the same thing in Denver, right? Like there's No, yeah, there's it, a it's lot. always hurt CSU and it, it yeah, always there's will so their other state
1: yeah and then there's other schools and you know here and in Boise like it's the only show in town and so um I think that that does help them to an extent it it does give them um a built-in fan base I mean you go anywhere in town and you literally like if if you aren't if you're watching a game at a bar here and you're not rooting for Wyoming like you you just walk out man like (laughs) they're gonna charge you extra and it's gonna be bad (laughs) um because that's just you know it's just kind of the way it is you'll get occasional like people from other schools like me who are in implants or tra- uh, transplants but um yeah no it, it i i wasn't super surprised with the fan base but i was surprised with the facilities pleasantly surprised it's um they got some stuff man like i look i've been in their weight room and i was like damn this is like
0: it's definitely legit i mean they put a csu in wyoming specifically both have invested a ton of money in their facilities in the last decade to try and kind of catch up with some of these other programs. Now we're seeing San Diego state go ahead and do the same thing. I do have to ask you though, as somebody that covered Boise state, the blue turf, are you a fan or no? Uh, cause I, I hate I it. I'll just be I, honest. I absolutely hate it. No, I think I can say this
1: now cause I'm not there anymore. I still have friends there. I love, you know, I love Boise voice is a great place, but it just kind of when you cover games on it, it hurts your eyes.
0: It hurts your eyes on TV, even. I it's it gives me a headache, man. And granted, it's like yeah. I get it's. I'm being a little soft, but it's because you you do get used to it eventually. But it's just it feels so gimmicky at this point. Like you don't need it anymore. Yeah, I mean
1: there were. I mean there were times when like you kind of have to like you're looking at the field and like your eyes get like like that big, and then like you have to kind of like. Like back away for a sec because it's like it's like overload of like colors and they wear they all use like different color jerseys and it's like there's just it's like remember that episode of the simpsons where like they have the seizures watching the cartoons
0: yes that's exactly it like, what it's like.
1: like it's sensory overload sometimes, <laughs> right? um and so i i understand it's their thing and it's you know it's a big reason why they've become the brand they are so i understand why they wouldn't Want to stray away from it, but no,
0: totally. I think you know if it was my program's thing, I'm sure the fans would be like, "It's like tradition; you can't go away from it." Exactly. I mean, it's it's why people in
1: 2004 or five started caring who they were. Like it was it was that one freaking, it was the game against Oklahoma, and then everybody started looking at their field.
0: Oh yeah, the 07 Fiesta Bowl, man. Art maybe that and probably and I know I hate to bring this up for you, but the that and the 06 Rose Bowl. Probably the two greatest college football games of my lifetime.
1: Well, I was at one of them. You can guess which one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, are you happy that uh, USC and Reggie Bush finally seemed to have mended their relationship?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous.
0: They totally scapegoated him. It always rubbed me the wrong way because it's just like, I mean, how are you going to blame an 18-year-old kid For off for accepting what you throw at him. And then you act like he was the one. I don't know. It just it never sat well with me. Yeah. I mean, I
1: I, I'm a big Pete Carroll guy, but he should have gotten more of it
0: than Reggie did. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I do like Pete Carroll and and I think he's a great football coach. But that's another thing that kind of bothered me. It kind of feels like he knew the sanctions were coming. Oh, he bailed. He bailed. And that's what I mean. Like he was like, Oh, not my problem. And then You know, you're you're impacting the next five years of recruits, yeah, and whoever else gets hired. Oh man, yeah, no, uh, it, it's funny
1: because he he came back on campus and was doing like speeches, and everyone was like Pete Carroll, and I was just like, man, it shorts our memory. Like, <laughs> you know, like I remember how pissed we were when Carroll left. We were like, oh, he knows something. Like,
0: oh, totally. I mean, my dad, like, my dad hated me? him. So like. It, it just cracked me up cuz as soon as he took that Seahawks job he's like you know that assholes up to something he knows it's coming and well, plus cuz like he had had better gigs lined up than the Seahawks at that point Oh, totally. The were not a great gig at that no point. and it is i mean it, he's obviously turned it into a yeah i
1: know yeah um yeah so the, the whole Pete Carroll, our relationship is interesting as I have a signed picture from him in my living room, <laughs> uh, in the Rose Bowl. But uh, the whole Reggie Bush thing—I mean, by all accounts, you know—I wasn't there when Reggie was there, but I've heard Reggie was like a good kid. Who, I mean, I mean come on—he was a celebrity in the biggest sports place in the in the country um, for playing for. At that moment, like, was the team in Los Angeles, which is saying something. Well, that—I
0: um, mean—that USC team was as popular nationally as any college football team that I can remember because Reggie Bush was that exciting.
1: Yep. And,
0: you know, like, I, I got into another debate on on Twitter about the the Heisman Award, obviously, that oh, yeah. year. Reggie won it. Vince Young had a strong argument as well. They obviously won the national championship, so people, you know, that supported him in that regard are always going to go towards it. But to me, I just remember how captivating Reggie Bush was and there, there aren't like a lot of athletes that really compare to that. Like Kobe when he was hot, LeBron in his stretch with Miami. They're just like one of those athletes where when they're on, you have to stop whatever you're doing and watch it because something amazing might happen at any point.
1: Yeah, and like the only baseball player who like that, like I'm a Dodgers fan, but Barry Bonds was like that guy. Yes, and my like God, I hated him as a Rockets No, president. I hated him. But like I think he once said like I'm in scoring position when I'm at the plate and I was like, oof. He's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- I mean, those... Uh, Reggie Bush, I think revisionist history is really strong with Vince Young. I mean, Vince had a great year, of course. He was. Minus the bowl yeah. game. No one can take that away. He definitely deserved to be second. He was above liner, for sure. Um, but I think what he did in that championship game kind of skews what the regular season was and how good Reggie's regular season. Like Reggie averaged 8.7 yards a carry on like 1600 yards.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's not like he did that on like 20 carries. We're talking on like almost 200 carries. He did this. Yeah, no, it was. And like 13 yards a catch.
1: I've, I've never, I don't know if I'll ever see a, a guy like that again. I mean, it was, it was, I was lucky to be growing up around there at that time. And like, I remember, I think it was for like my 17th birthday. Um, My uncle used to be SC's photographer, or my great uncle used to be SC's photographer. So he got me on the field for the SC Washington State game. Um, And I just remember like on the sideline, like seeing Reggie run. I was like, that dude's, that dude is different. Like everyone else, it doesn't matter how fast they are, is running in slow motion compared to that guy.
0: That's how I felt the first time I saw Christian McCaffrey play in person when he was like 16 at Valor I, Christian High School I hate, and then, I, I mean Bush, McCaffrey <laughs> I think if you put McCaffrey on that USC team he does similar things as Reggie Bush. Yeah. I do think Reggie Bush was flashier in a sense like you know Reggie Bush was hurdling people yeah. just like making literally video game plays in real that life. That first those state
1: game was like
0: it, was just, what, it looks literally like when you turn all the sliders down on NCAA football because you're like, I'm throwing 80 on the board in this game. Yeah, I no, want to ensure I win the Heisman.
1: No, that one that one move down the sideline where he literally just kind of stops and like kind of goes back and then cuts across. I was like, I was thinking like, okay, if I if I had my controller, I would do this. Like, that's what he did. And like that, you're not supposed to be able to like think of a of a guy doing that. God, man, Reggie Bush was so much fun. I will say. And I will die on this hill. If he was in the
0: NFL now, he would have been a lot more successful. Absolutely. They just, they didn't use him right. They wanted him to be a three down type, you know, between the tackles running back. Eventually, they kind of figured it out with him the, yeah. and they started using him as like a, a dump off screen type back and stuff like that. But totally. He, and you put him in like a spread offense. Yeah.
1: Use him like they use Camara.
0: Yes. Ah, oh, kills me. And that's stupid turf obviously yeah in st yeah. louis but
1: yeah so yeah i i reggie i know some people consider him a bust i don't i
0: think he had, i mean he had a lot a career. good career like it, it wasn't career. like he was bad in the nfl he was yeah, I mean, he had a couple
1: thousand yard seasons i, I think he far. made a pro bowl or two yeah um but i think everybody expected him to do what he did at sc and that just there's been one dude who ever did that and his name is barry sanders
0: oh it's just so i mean look at like all of the legendary college football players since like 2000, like, you know, the Tim Tebow's of the world, Vince Young, even like how, how rare is it for them to actually come in and, and be that stud. And part of me kind of feels that way about Joe Burrow. I think he has all of the tools and I'm, I'm really intrigued, but it's like Cincinnati's not a good situation Their O Lions, terrible. You got to go against great defenses. I, I hope it's not going to be like a Carson Palmer situation. Man,
1: we're just hitting all the SC notes today, huh? <laughs> no, I gotta uh, cater
0: to my audience, man. I, I know right. when I, I know who I'm bringing on, I know what's gonna excite him.
1: Carson Palmer, yeah, it, you know, he some people weirdly consider him a bust too.
0: He was like a what starter in the league for a decade, made the he's playoffs like a bunch 40, of times, thousand yards, yeah, he's not a bust at all. People, but that's just what he wanted Heisman deal. was yeah. the first, pick. yeah, he, he was wasn't like, the best of all time. He didn't, yeah, they expect you'd be a Hall of Famer. I will say he did have some great wide receivers though, which which probably helped us cause. Oh, for sure. And that is one
1: thing I think that's helping that will help Joe Burrow is that assuming AJ Green is back from the dead and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon, like there's some good skill players. I mean, their line is a travesty, but um, you know, at least he'll he'll be able to get the ball out of hand, out of his hands quickly. Cause if he holds on to it, he's gonna get smashed.
0: That's a good point. That was kind of like the big difference with the Broncos when they put Drew Lock in versus Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco would just drop back there and stand there. Listen, dude, what are you what are you waiting for? I love Joe Flacco. I love Joe Flacco. Like I love like awkward memes, but I hated him as the starting quarterback for my favorite team.
1: Yeah, he. I mean, let's be honest. He had maybe like one of the greatest postseasons of all time, and outside of that.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember vividly. Oh, that's right. That's right. Raheem Moore. That might be like the lowest moment. (laughs) No, there were definitely lower moments. I went to a a Tebow led Broncos game where they lost nine to six to the Kyle Orton led Kansas city chiefs. It was terrible. The worst part was I was like in high school and I paid a bunch of money to take my girlfriend at the time to her first ever NFL game. And that was the product she, I mean, she didn't really care, but I was just like, I can't but believe she had to see
1: Kyle Lorton beat you. Oh, that's tough. Not
0: much man. worse than that.
1: Another Broncos legend of the game, <laughs> Kyle
0: Lorton. Kyle Orton's just like a legend for everyday dudes, though, because if that guy can make it to the league, then anybody can make it to the league.
1: I know he he, he gives. He's like uh, what was it, Eddie Curry, like he just like yeah, yeah. overweight, like Brian Scalabrine, like those guys who were just like, dude, I see him in twenty four hour fit at twenty four hour. How
0: week. did this dude make it?
1: Yeah, you know Kyle
0: Orton definitely gave people hope. I'm going to get back on track with cats here in a second, but first, the sports landscape is ever changing, and this week is no different. Luckily for all of us sports fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us all covered. For a limited time, DraftKings Sportsbook is offering a sign-up bonus of up to one thousand dollars. This week is full of action from golf to European soccer to UFC and DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. And that's not all. Head to the app now and check out the special odds and promotions that will be available throughout the week to help you make it rain. They're based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. One of my favorite functions. Such a better deal than some of those sketchy You know, we don't have to name the sites, but you know what we're talking about, the ones where they make it really, really hard to to deposit, withdraw. They just make the whole process sketchy. DraftKings Sportsbook, based right here in the US, so you can deposit and withdraw at your convenience. Right now, DraftKings is offering their best sign-up offer to date. You're not going to want to miss this. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. That code DNVR to get your sign-up bonus of up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
1: I always, I always love the warning.
0: You got to do it. You get in trouble if you don't give the warning. Uh. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, speaking of a little bit of action, USC 14 point dogs, September 5th against my Alabama Crimson Tide. How do you feel about that line? Surprised it's not bigger. (laughs) USC's
1: defense is going to be pretty legit. I think, I mean, I've been saying that for 10 years though. Like (laughs) it still hasn't come through for me. (laughs) Uh, you know, they have a. I think their quarterback is legit. Keaton Slovis can play. Um, that kid's
0: the stud. a stud. That's what our bus writer was saying yesterday. We did a, a college pod, and we were kind of talking about the Pac-12. And I was like, every year, you know, I hear USC. They always have a top twenty recruiting class. All this. They have the great athletes at receiver, corner, safety, running back, all that. But they don't have the quarterback. But it seems like they finally do.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, obviously it was tough to see Daniels, who was the really big recruit, uh, transfer out and go to Georgia, I think it was. But, you know, he kind of saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to get the job back because Slovis played so well. I think the offense is going to score a lot of points. I think that air raid for what SC has right now, really good skill and not great line play is really good because you can get the ball out quick. Downfield shots. It it just kind of works for what they are right now. Um, you know, the only reason I think that is that low is because Tua isn't back. Um, you know, uh, um I, I, I'm never I, I mean I watched that game a couple years ago where it was like 52 to 3 and then SC won the freaking Rose Bowl that year. So like I know one game doesn't like define it, but
0: all I ask is just don't get blown out. <laughs> it's tough because like I don't, as an Alabama fan, I don't fear USC at all. But I know that, like that game a couple of years ago, doesn't actually mean anything. But it's yeah. still just that like false level of confidence. Like I drink eh, so we fine. during that game, dude. <laughs> I had to. It wasn't even like a fun game to watch, though. Like I, I was stoked about that game, and it was just like five or six minutes in, it was pretty clear. Like, oh, this is this is bad. And that was uh, a
1: couple games later. We turned to my my lord and savior, Sam Darnold. <laughs>
0: I hope he works it out with the Jets, but I just don't have a lot of faith in Gase. Yeah, I don't have faith in the Jets. I covered him in high school. How weird is that? That's crazy. I, I covered a game his senior year.
1: I was Small like, Small world. Yeah, I was like, this is the SC kid? Because he just committed, because he was a Utah commit for a oh, while. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he became a four star. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember like, walking by him on the field. I was like, this dude's built like Andrew Luck. Like, he is huge. And then he, their team won like 50 to 6. <laughs> then, you were, then you were sold oh yeah then i was yeah <laughs> i i was i'm sold on every five-star quarterback usc's ever had so
0: that's I've, fair. Been let down, I've been let down a lot see when you cover a program like csu or wyoming you don't have to worry about the the five-star quarterbacks letting you down exactly don't no,
1: it's true though like because then you know you get a josh allen and it's a pleasant surprise <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh josh allen He's a uh, he's going to be one of the more intriguing players in the league this year. I I'm not like a Josh Allen hater like most CSU fans are. I'm not a Josh Allen supporter like Tracy Ringlesby is, but I do think he'll be good.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's he's got like there's like big like MVP bets on Josh. I know it's and like I'm a, like I don't think I go I don't that know far. About that. I don't think
0: he's going to put up the numbers. Exactly, I, I think, think he's they'll ever be be
1: what he does
0: well. And they don't need him to be. They have a great defense. They got a good running game. Like, if you if you have him out there throwing 40 attempts a game, he's gonna make some bad decisions eventually. And you're probably losing. Yeah, another good yeah. point. And
1: so I think he's just the kind of dude that's like he just does enough to get the job done. Um, I think he's gonna be a lot better this year with Diggs. I
0: oh think that's yeah, what agreed. Called. I
1: mean, their wide receivers were pretty. Oh, they were
0: awful. It was just him out there, you know, kind of improvising. and going to, like, John Brown, I think. Was- yeah, John Brown, Singletary, the running back, or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah.
1: and, like, whatever's left of Frank Gore.
0: <laughs> Shout out to Frank Gore. Still going strong. Representing the U back when the U actually mattered. Dude, I remember him getting drafted in,
1: like, 2005. <laughs> like, <laughs> God.
0: Has it really been that long? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I did. Uh, I did want to ask you though, where are your favorite spots in the Mountain West to cover? Where you know have have you been to most of them at this point? Yeah, I think I think I've been to all of them. Yeah, I haven't been to Hawaii yet or San Diego State. So I've been to Hawaii,
1: but not the univer. Oh, yeah, but not the University of Hawaii. Like I've been there for like vacation, but not like to the
0: campus. Um. That's okay. It's not like Hawaii is known okay. for their football facilities by any means. So, yeah. Um. So, favorites? Yeah, your favorite. We can do least favorites after, too. <laughs> least favorites, pretty easy. Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> Fresno is terrible. I actually had a good time in Fresno just because I... The, like, hotel I stayed at ended up being, like, kind of kick-ass. I thought it was going to be shitty, but then it was, like, this massive room. And I had a, a buddy from the CSUB who stayed, like, two rooms over. So... We just hung out in Fresno, got some drinks and stuff, but what a terrible uh, town.
1: I just remember, like, in my hotel, they were like, there's like a huge stain on the floor. I was like, I hope that's not blood. Like, <laughs> 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 um, but blood I was just be really happy because they had an in and out, and I was really excited about that. they get in and out. Um, so that like made it okay. But I'd say Fresno is definitely toward the bottom. Uh, Their stadium's kind of cool, though. Huh? Fresno Stadium's okay, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Save Mart Center is that the basketball one? That's yeah. Like not, uh, Reno is okay. I didn't just—I just didn't really know what to do there.
0: Reno just feels like gross. Reno feels like um, the the like old part of the strip in Vegas. It's just like, why are we over here?
1: Yeah. No. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I loved Albuquerque.
0: Albuquerque rules. It gets a ton of hate, but it's like, there's great food that it's yes. really affordable, yeah. other than during the balloon fiesta, which is when CSU played on last year, it was like, of course hotel for like $900 yeah. when it's normally like 80, yeah. but the food alone makes the trip to Albuquerque worth it. No, absolutely.
1: Like as a, as a Guy Fieri stand, uh, the first thing I did was like, look up triple D places. And I went I was like, this is amazing. I love this.
0: Oh, green chili. So good. It's everywhere. Yes.
1: Uh, so yeah, Albuquerque is, is is up there. Um, I mean Las Vegas you know, duh, right?
0: <laughs> Vegas is well, just I just fun. feel dirty every time I go there. Nothing good ever happens. Pretty much. Yeah. The last time I was in Vegas, a crazy stalker radio host tried to fight oh, yeah. me at the basketball arena. So yeah.
1: Actually I won money last time off the Lakers. Um Anthony Davis wasn't playing and they were playing the... Pa- uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, LeBron was out against the Pelicans and I put money on them and they came they came through for me and I was like, never been happier to be Lakers fans <laughs> today. Um, and then there's just like, there's kind of like the harm. I mean, San Diego's great, but San Diego can be a lot.
0: Well, and San Diego's also not really like a... I mean, I haven't been there yet, but I don't think of it in terms of like San Diego State. Like, I think it'd be a fun town to go to and I bet the campus is really cool. But it's yeah. it's not like a college vibe to me, you know. No,
1: no. There's there's so much going on. It's like it's kind of like L.A. Like, yeah, there's so much to do, and it's great if you're going on like a vacation, like with your family or friends or something. Um,
0: but not like what I would consider like the college experience. I am dying to go to a basketball game there though and check out you know V.A. Haas and, and the show and all that. You want to meet the grandmas? Yeah. I I you know.
1: <laughs> I still can't <laughs> believe we didn't have an NCAA basketball tournament. <laughs> like me too, because I, I placed a bunch of futures
0: bets. I'm, I just, I sometimes think about that. I'm like, man, that really sucked. It, and it was such a wide open year. Like there were the non-college basketball fans, the, the guys that only watch it to see the NBA draft prospects. Were like, this year sucks. But to me, it was super exciting because it was like, San Diego State. Like we'll see how good they are. I guess like they're good enough shooting team that they could really make it interesting. There were teams like Creighton, who who was a lot of fun. I don't know. I just Creighton was a Final Four team. Yeah, Obi Toppins, like one of the most exciting yeah. college basketball players I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I, I, R.I.P. Yeah, I think it was going to be a good year. Like for me, who hates like the Blue Bloods, it would have been really good for me because like
0: I think. They, I mean, I, I do think, think Kansas was the best team. Like, yeah, by and a I never, wide margin, but they choke never, so frequently. I was going to say, and I, I never trust them. Uh, you uh, shouldn't. My whole family uh, lives in Kansas and they're constantly disappointed. And also SC had a pretty good team this year and I was
1: like kind of bummed because I think they were gonna like be a sweet sixteen team.
0: Dude, Pac twelve football is a wild ride, but Pac-Twelve basketball is like taking acid. It is a well, Bill Walton. That's because of Bill Walton. <laughs> yeah. Well, listening to a Pac twelve game is definitely like being on acid, but I love him so much sometimes it's like 99.9% of the time I'm down for it. And I love it. The only times I do get a little annoyed is like when it's like a great game and it's like the end and it's like an important moment and he's going on some tangent. And I'm like, yeah. come on, Bill, rein it in for like five minutes and when, then go back.
1: Said it's all the same song about <laughs> like life. And I was just like, damn, that hits, that hits that's a deep cut, dude. <laughs>
0: So I I just like thought of of that that at like a grateful dead concert in the middle of it. He's just like, you know what? I saw the same song,
1: man. I will, I will say his, um, uh, is it Dave Pash who he does games with? Yeah. He handles it well.
0: Yeah. He handles it well. Cause Pash is good too. Cause Pash works with like other legit dudes doing NBA games and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Not
1: that guy's not making enough money. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) And I'm sure his agent brings that up frequently. Uh, speaking of hoops, though, I'm curious what is your what is your first impression of, of Jeff Linder and this new staff and how they've kind of hit the ground running? Obviously, really important that they were able to keep the roster intact.
1: I, you know, going into it, I thought Linder was kind of the perfect hire.
0: Oh, me uh, too. Yeah,
1: just because I, I mean, I know people who knew him. He wasn't in Boise when I was there. He was already at nor- uh, Northern Colorado. But I know a lot of people who were like, "This is the guy. Like, this is the next big thing." And just in, in talking with him and uh, a few times over this weird three months, uh, he just gets it. Like, I don't know. He's um, he's really passionate and he's a really intense guy. Like, he, he'll he be the first to admit it. He's like, there can only be one of me on staff because then the kids will just leave. Like, he, <laughs> he he knows what he is. And so he surrounds himself with staff that is different than him. Like Sundance Wicks is one of the guys that he got, who's like a really like cool, loud, outgoing guy. He's like the complete opposite. Also, very very leader. respected
0: so, in this region. So
1: yeah, and so he he understands what he is and what he brings and what he lacks. And um, I, you know, I don't know if if a lot of coaches who you know, I know, I know he's in Northern Colorado for what five years or whatever. So he's got yeah. a he's got an okay track record, but it's not like he's a a, a super well-established, like known commodity for a lot of people.
0: Well, there were folks that were floating Tim Miles' name there, oh, and yeah. I always kind of heard that Wyoming couldn't afford him, so it kind of really wasn't in the conversation. But yeah, and there are people who wanted like Larry Shyatt to come back for the tenth time. <laughs> See, and I and I'm never a fan of the retread. That's what Air Force yeah. did. Air Force went back and, and went with a retread. And never just, works. No, it's what are you going to do better than you did last time? Exactly. It's like, you know, you might get the fans on board
1: for a year, but pretty soon they'll turn on you when you're not winning. Exactly. Um, and so just in in talking with him and, you know, they've put together, a, I can't believe the recruiting class they put together, like. Very
0: impressive considering the circumstances.
1: Yeah. I mean, he hit the ground March 17th, I think was his first, was when he got hired. And the first thing he did was drive the, you know, visit Maldonado and Kwan and Kenny Foster to recruit them to stay. Um, and then he started, you know, he got a bunch of like good, like three-star kids and um kids who fit what he wants to do. He wants to spread the floor and he likes he loves shooters. As you know, that was one thing Wyoming did not do well the last few years. <laughs> um
0: and they so have I, moments, uh, but it was mostly just like let Justin James hit five threes here and then and no, no else exactly. hits a shot for the rest of the game.
1: No, exactly. And so, you know, I think Maldonado and Quan and those guys are really good pieces, but I think the pieces they're bringing in, just I think they're going to gel really fast. Like you know, I'm not going to say this team's going to win like the Mountain West, but I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack this year for sure.
0: Oh, um, I agree with that there. In a lot of ways, I think they'll be like CSU last year, who got you know picked to finish like ninth and ended up finishing yeah. like sixth. I, I think w- there are some good teams in the Mountain West next year. I think UNLV is going to be a lot better. San Diego State, obviously, but you know, Wyoming should be competitive with anybody that they face. Yeah,
1: I mean the way I look at it is like they were in a lot of games this year that Especially late. Yeah, and they and they yeah, and and it's something they could never find the bottom of the basket at the end of a game. That was a bad team who was able to do that. So I'm like, if they get better, they should be in all those same games if and, and more of them, you know. I agree with that um, logic. So yeah, I mean I wouldn't be shocked to see them win a game or two in the Mountain West tournament and then I think next year. They're they're going to be a legit. So I guess the twenty twenty one twenty two season, assuming sports are back by then.
0: Yeah, uh, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs>
1: um, I I think they're going to be legit. Uh, I think they'll be a legit contender in a couple of years.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you before we we finish up with just a little over under game is who who would you like to target. If the Mountain West were to expand, this is kind of something that I bring up whenever I just bring on somebody that's familiar with the conference, you get a lot of different angles. I'll leave it kind of open-ended because it's always interesting for me to see like how people interpret this question and what they think the league needs. So I'll give you the floor to you. you know, if there was one or two teams out there who you would go add, let's say you are the commissioner. Commissioner Katz, I like it has a good ring. Who are you going with? Of course.
1: Uh, my first one would be North Dakota State. Easy choice. That's what well, no, we're in agreement on. One, so good stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I think that just it makes sense. F- fairly regionally, they've been so damn good. Um, give them a shot. Like I honestly think, and I've talked to like Wyoming staff about this. They're like, oh, they compete within like a year.
0: Oh, agreed. And and I mean, they're a pretty good basketball program as well.
1: Yeah. And so I I, th- I think they would be a, a good asset all around for for the league. I mean, it, you know, obviously football is uh, is kind of king. And I mean, no one's putting up a fight against them in the FCS. Like, give them a chance.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, I think if you add North Dakota State next year, they're already bringing more to the table than San Jose State. Oh, for sure. They're Hawaii. a, a
1: goal team their first year in FBS for sure.
0: Yeah. At, at least, and I think they'd probably beat a team where it would, like, surprise people. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, the, the, yeah, they would They would beat a top-tier Mountain West team for sure. Um, and then within a couple of years, they would be probably looking to go into the Pac-12 or, like, you know, whatever's <laughs> next, right? So Of course, North Dakota State in the Pac-12 would be hilarious, but... Um, I'd be because so it'd be
0: hilarious. They'd beat SC a lot. It's like when uh, uh, Boise State and TCU were going to join the Big East. That was fantastic. Fly like, two thousand miles for each game. Yeah, let's
1: just let's just get rid of the name. Just call it the Big. Get used <laughs> out of here. Um. So North Dakota State would be my first one. I the other one that,
0: and it might be like a what have you done for me lately pick, but I think Weber State makes a lot of sense. They are really successful. You know, they've won the Big Sky like three or four times. I think the last couple of years. Yeah, they're right here. Um. You know, they're right they're in the same region as
1: Utah state and, and, and all those, and and those kind of things. So my only thing is, you know, they're kind of a Johnny come lately. Like they haven't been great for that long. It's been like four ish years that they've been really good. Yeah. Um, but you know, Damian Lillard played basketball there. Um, you know, I, I, I think they make sense regionally. And I think they'd be competitive. They're obviously not like the, the sexy move that, um, North Dakota state would be but uh, and
0: then my other one controversially would be BYU. See, I think if the mountain West could do be, could add BYU back, they should do everything in their power to make it happen because I mean, obviously you bring in the big national audience, but they're just, they don't really get along with any of the fan bases in the mountain West already, which I think is fun. Like you should want that, you know, the storylines are already built for you.
1: No, they have, they have major Notre Dame energy. Like Definitely. That, um, that like, no, unless you're like a BYU fan, you probably don't like BYU.
0: Yeah, I think that's and, like,
1: that's really good for a conference.
0: Yeah, because people want to watch teams they don't like.
1: Exactly. Like when, when BYU beat SC last year, which I still can't believe happened. I, I, I mean, one, I was going to jump off my roof, but two, uh, I was getting, I was getting crap from people at the supermarket who were BYU fans. And I'm just like, Really?
0: The worst this? part is like they don't like curse or anything, so it's like they're taking jabs at you, but it's like kind of polite, but it's always passive-aggressive, and it's just like, uh, I don't even know how to respond to this. Remember the the shut the F up guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, iconic BYU moment. Probably got too jacked up on Diet Coke, so you can't blame the guy. Uh, <laughs> I
1: remember my first time going to a I-Covered-BYU game. Uh, it was Tanner Mangum's uh, Hail Mary against Boise State. Oh wow! Um, Good game. Yeah, it was wild. And I remember like going to like the refrigerator to get a soda, and they had nothing with caffeine. I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna die!" <laughs> I was like, "What do I do?"
0: That's what I w- I tried to go get a beer at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Logan, and they stopped serving beer at like 8 p.m.
1: Yeah, I actually went to that Buffalo Wild Wings this past year.
0: <laughs> yeah. there's not a lot of options. Like it's all it's all chains in Logan, but. It is. I kind of like Logan. Like, it's not, there's not like a ton to do, but it's really pretty. Yeah. It's peaceful. Yeah. It's easy to get to the stadium. Like, you don't have yeah. to deal with traffic or anything Except like that. Except I got locked in last time. Really? Like, inside? yeah. I thought, like, yeah. Cause I
1: remember I kept on having to like call their SID and be like, hey, man, like, this is locked. <laughs> and be like, oh, well, go, go this way. And I was just like, oh my God. Cause he'd already left.
0: <laughs> well, oh, I yeah. sure. he's like he's like figure it out man i'm not coming yeah. back they
1: literally he was just like hey man oh we're we're getting out of here so i just like turn the lights
0: off when you're done i was like okay pretty trustworthy i guess i yeah. guess it is utah yeah <laughs> all right the last thing i'm gonna wrap it up here with is just a little over under i'm gonna give you some stats figures whatever for wyoming you can justify it with why you took the over under before I do, though, I got to get my DraftKings pick of the week, and I'm going to go with a mile high special. This is a two leg parlay offered specifically for Coloradans. It is featuring the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup and the Nuggets making the Western Finals. Now, obviously, that's pretty steep for that to happen in the same year, which is why they're offering you crazy odds at plus 52.80. You know, it's one of those I wouldn't put a lot of money on it just because the odds of it happening in the same year. Extremely slim. I do think the Avs are capable of winning the Cup, especially. I think the Nuggets could make a run and make the Western Finals. They don't have to make the NBA Finals. They only have to make the Western Finals. But still, having them both happen in the same year. Pretty tough. I put 4 bucks on it. If it happens, I'll win like $200. i will take that. If you're a local sports fan, might as well take it too. All right. Over-under seven total wins for the Wyoming Cowboys. Over.
1: Going over. But so I actually, I talked with Craig about this, Craig Bull, the other day. So Vegas has them, I think it's six and a half or yeah. so. Um, and I asked him about that and I was like, there's no way this team is worse than last year's, right? Because like everything is pretty much better, especially offensively. And he laughed and he was like, it's a good thing we're a long ways from Las Vegas. That's the nicest way I can put it. And I was like, okay, like <laughs> he knows they're being doubted and like, he's going to play that up really big. Um, but yeah, obviously so they got some tough games, but assuming the season plays out the way it's supposed to, a lot of them are here. Um, that is Utah, a good point. State, San Diego state air force. Those are all in Laramie. And I think that's huge.
0: Yeah. Really. Their hardest road games will be Louisiana Lafayette. Assuming that it happens. Yeah. CSU because it's a rivalry game. Yeah. Probably Nevada. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Nevada and Utah state's here too. But yeah, no Nevada.
1: Um, I also think like the Ball State game, assuming it happens, just because it's a weird place. Could be and,
0: sneaky, yeah. You don't know your opponent,
1: know you know. Um, but you know, th- I mean, they start with Weber, like that's going to be tough.
0: No, it really is. It's the one where that, it's like you know we just talked about semifinals. everything they've done, but they'll they're a team. They're going to put some points on the board, yeah. And if you come out and kind of kind of lull, if they're able to like get an early lead, especially, might clench up a little bit.
1: Yeah, and so uh, I mean, generally, I, I think Bull has the guys prepared pretty well, and I think this offense is going to be so much better with whoever the quarterback is, just because their line is all back, their running backs are good, and both quarterbacks are a lot better than uh, you know what they had uh, toward the end of last year. Um,
0: I, I mean, I, I would say, I would, I, I would say over. I like it. Ram fans won't like it, but I like your justification um, Four home wins for Wyoming. Like we said, a lot of their toughest yeah. games are at home, but they went six and O up at war Memorial yeah. last year. So they are a great team in Laramie.
1: Yeah. But another big thing is how many fans are allowed in. Right. Another great point. Takes all the home field advantage out of it. Exactly. Um, but always playing here is tough because the, the altitude. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to, let me actually, let me pull up their home schedule just so I don't miss any.
0: They've got a Weber State, Utah, San Diego State, Air Force, Utah State, and Boise. Some tough teams. All of those are winnable, but all of them are also losable. Yeah. I mean. Which I guess that's every game, technically, but you know what I mean.
1: That was very uh, Booker McFarland of you.
0: (laughs) One one team is going to win this game, and the other is going to lose it. Back to you.
1: Uh, Um. So I think they'll beat, they'll beat San Diego state. They'll beat Utah state. They'll beat air force this year. And they will win one of the Boise or Utah or Weber games. Okay. But I don't know if they'll win two of them. So it might be like right at four,
0: right at four. We can take the push, (sighs) but I kind of want to be bold. I think they'll beat Utah. We'll say five. Five and one, I could see that. I think they will probably slip one of those. Probably Boise would be my guess, just because I think the the skill talent that Boise has is going to be really hard for everybody this year. But that's most oh, years. Oh, but man, they hate them so much. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone hates Boise though. That's and the last funny year thing. was
1: so close.
0: Like, you know, the
1: double the overtime game where the kicker missed Lane, and like it was just yeah, so like
0: they, it was there for the taking. CSU's been there, done that though. 2017, they were up uh, 28 3. So, wasn't this last year's game pretty close too? CSU plays Boise close every year, pretty much. There have been like two blowouts in the last like six or seven. When Boise first joined the conference, I think they kicked the crap out of them in like 2011, 2012, but they only lost like a couple of games during those years, anyways. Um, Now it's going to be guys being dudes. Just guys being dudes. Assuming Sean Chambers is the starting quarterback. 18 passing touchdowns. He threw seven last year in a, a limited action. Under. Under 18. He is more of a rusher, which brings me to the next one. 750 rushing yards for Sean Chambers. He had 567. Assuming he's healthy, over. Assuming he's healthy.
1: Ass- assuming he is the starting quarterback, over. Um, but... Think he can get 1,000? He could. I mean, dude, like him and validator. It's a hell of a combo. Uh, And with eight guys who have started games returning on the O line, like, I mean, they're, they're, you know, Bull wants to run the hell out of the ball. He's never been shy about that. Uh, Even when he had Josh Allen, he wanted to run the ball. Um, And so, uh, assuming he's healthy and that he is the starting quarterback, I would say over. But I just, you know, my last impression of Wyoming was Levi Williams leading the offense like a well-oiled machine. And so it's kind of hard for me to get that image of him starting out of my head, you know,
0: how long, like how short of a leash do you think they're going to have with chambers? Just given that Levi is the better passing quarterback. It's, it's going to be
1: interesting because, um, you know, last year, you know, Levi was a true freshman learning on the fly admittedly didn't know what was going on and Vanderwall was clearly not as good as Levi has become. And so it was really Sean and that was it. And so now it's like, if the offense is stalling and then they've, they've said like, they don't want it to be like the old Steve Spurrier two headed quarterback attack. But like, if they can need to play two quarterbacks, they'll play two quarterbacks. They're not going to do it like every play. You know, like uh, you know, uh, Jesse Palmer did back with Rex Grossman, but like, um, you know, I, I think I, I I don't think they're afraid to put either guy in the fire because they know what they can do. So I I don't I don't know if he you know I like I said they really like Sean and he's a competitor and he's a good kid and he's he puts it all out there. No one can can doubt that. Um, but you know, there might be moments when the running game is clogged up and they're going to need him to make plays. And unless he's improved as a passer, they might have to turn to the other guy.
0: It's going to be interesting because we saw with Mike Bobo and his his first two, three years at CSU, he was super willing to be like, well, I'm going to try this quarterback. It's not working. And I do think that, you know, players need to have the, the fear of somebody can take your job at any point. But I also do think there's something to be said about as the quarterback you can't be looking over your shoulder every play and I think it's really really hard to like have a consistent offense when you switch up, you know, who's running the offense frequently. So that'll be kind of fun to watch just as an outsider. Um yeah. 1300 rushing yards for Valaday. He had 1265 last year.
1: Under, but only because their other running backs are healthy.
0: That's fair. They had to they lean on him so
1: much at the end last yeah, year. Yeah, they don't want to feed him 30 times a game.
0: Well, um, he's probably not gonna
1: last if they do. No, he's not. He's not that big. I mean, he's he's built, like, don't get yeah. me wrong, but that's not his body type. He's I don't know how many call it 20-year-olds are supposed to take 40 k- touches a game, but um, you know, Trey Smith is back healthy and he you know he was playing pretty well before he got hurt. Um, Titus Swen is back, they really liked him. Before he got hurt, and so I don't know if it'll be like a three-headed monster, like evenly, because I think you have to give X the carries because he's proven what he can do. But I don't think <clears throat> I don't think he's gonna get enough carries to get there because I think that guys like Trey and Titus are gonna are gonna carry the ball too, and I think the running game is gonna be better than it was. But I don't think
0: he'll necessarily have. I think he'll score more touchdowns. More he'll touchdowns, just less, less yards. yards. Well, part of that, too, is Chambers had like 10 rushing touchdowns, so he was their red zone guy.
1: Yeah, Um, and so I think he'll score more touchdowns, but I think he'll have less rushing yards just because I think, you know, in a perfect world, they're healthy back there.
0: Definitely makes sense. It's going to be CSU versus Wyoming is really going to be an interesting dynamic because it's going to be two offenses that are just like, we want to run the ball 40 times today, and can you stop it? Hopefully a faster game. I am okay with that. Let's let's speed these games up a little bit.
1: I love covering Air Force because it's like you look down and it's already like the third quarter. It's like, oh, this is awesome.
0: Well, it's only been an hour and 40 minutes. It's halftime. I'll time.
1: be breaking by seven. This is
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the last one, three total touchdowns for wide receiver Gunnar Gentry. He's going to be a junior. I think he's going to probably have a breakout season. I do think he's really talented. I watched him a lot in high school wanted CSU to get him made sense. He went up to Laramie, just given his brother and everything Tanner accomplished there. But do you expect a a breakout year for, for Gunnar Gentry three touchdowns?
1: Yeah, I'll definitely take the over on that one. Um, I think he, he's one of those big bodied receivers. They're really excited about he and, uh, Aiden Eberhardt. He's the one who made that crazy play in the, the Arizona bowl, uh, that made like, the thing was like number two in ESPNs top 10 plays that day, Yeah, they have those big body guys that can make explosive catches that guys like, uh, you know, they've had recently couldn't do. And so, uh, you know, I talked to Gunner a couple days ago and he's been working with Tanner. Um, and he's like, he's lost 10 pounds, I think he said. He's just been working on leaning up. And, uh, you know, Wyoming's offensive coordinator kind of told me that between – Tanner's second and third year is when he took that big jump. And, he's, and he said, I wouldn't be surprised if Gunner does the same thing because he's right there. Um, so I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I know they like him. Uh, he's, he's really talented. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him. And, and he seems, you know, I think the name definitely helps uh, people get excited. Yeah, obviously. For him. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to be pretty, pretty darn good.
0: He just—he reminds me a lot of because, as as like a as an opposing guy, watching Tanner Gentry at Wyoming, you would watch them, and you know Wyoming back when they had like Brian Hill, they pound it and they pound it and they pound it, and then they catch you on you know a little play action play, and there's Gentry running a comeback because he was a slippery little you know slippery route runner, and he burns you for 15, he burns you for 18, you know, he's not like the guy that you fear you know, torching you over the top for 70 on any given play, but he's just so consistent.
1: Yeah, no, he's a, I, he's a, he's a technician. I think he just does all of those little things really, really well. And um, You know, I, I think working with his brother was probably a pretty big advantage. Uh, oh, over totally.
0: Over just, you know, because what do I do here? How do I, you know, get yeah, myself a better Binder position? Does that
1: and he knows how to approach things from a mental perspective that maybe Gunner doesn't, and Um, I, I don't think it's ever going to hurt working out with a guy who's been on NFL squads, you know,
0: I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael, thank you so much for doing this, man. It was always great to catch up with you. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow your work, social media, all that fun stuff.
1: Uh, well, follow me at your own risk, but it is, uh, Twitter's at Michael L K A T Z. Uh, I work for yosports.net. Two newspaper or actually it's four newspapers but the two big ones are the Laramie boomerang and the wyoming tribune eagle out in cheyenne so if you want to read some stuff about uh the hated cowboys uh just go to wildsports.net and you'll we'll, you'll see the byline
0: hey the best the best fans are educated fans so you need to follow all the teams if you want to if you want to be able to talk trash accurately you got to be able to know what's going on that's all i'm saying
1: i wish more of them f- felt that way i
0: really do <laughs> me too man me too <laughs> But uh, thank you so much, man. Great to have you on. We're going to try and have you on more, you know, throughout the season, talk more Mountain West, all that fun stuff. And, and USC, hopefully that USC Alabama game happens on the 5th. Fingers
1: crossed it doesn't, to be honest. <laughs>
0: that
1: be okay. <laughs>